0: I am what it says I am I have what it says I have and I can do what it says I can do therefore I careless this morning what the devil says what my situation says I am what the Bible says I am and I'm ready for the word of God this morning to experience the touch of the living God in every area of my life. In Jesus' mighty name. And the church said, Amen. Amen. As you take your seat, Amen. Father, we thank you for your word this morning as we come together as your people. We have come to harken unto your voice. It is your word and your word alone that builds us. Nothing else but your word. And as we sit around your table, I thank you that your word shall not fall onto the ground, but your word shall reach our hearts, and your word shall change us forever. For the entrance of your word bringeth so much light, and we will never be in the dark ever again. In Jesus' mighty name, and the church said, Amen. Amen. I continue this morning, brethren, can you hear me? Thank you. Amen. Our sound team is doing great this morning. And our intercession team keep on praying for the service. Do not keep quiet. Reflections on the cross. Somebody say reflections on the cross. So we should never talk about the cross only during Passover. But we should talk about the cross throughout the entire year. It is the biggest celebration of our lives. It is the center of our faith. It is the epicenter of our belief and faith in Christ Jesus. Is somebody with me this morning? And I I just want to recap what I taught last week. I hope you were with me. I really enjoyed the word last week. If if there's one person who enjoyed the word last week, it is myself. I hope you did as I did. And as I was listening to the tape, I was amazed at the amount of information that God releases in this place. In this church, we don't joke. We teach you the word. We are raising quality people. And therefore, we have to teach you the... Quality word. Somebody say quality word. As I opened up last week, I read a scripture in Luke chapter 23 verse 34 where Jesus, as he was hanging on the cross, he said the following words. Father, forgive them for they do not know what they do. Father, forgive them for they don't know what they do. Somebody say it with me. They didn't know what they were doing. And thank God they didn't know what they were doing because they were doing me and you a big favor by what they did to Jesus. Somebody say, thank you so much. If you read 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 7 to 8, it says, But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the edges for our glory which none of the rulers of this age knew, for had they known, somebody say with me, had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. If they knew, they would not have touched him. But God made sure that they don't know. They they were blindfolded and they did everything for me and you. As I began to teach last week, I I said, that for you, said to you that there were two men, the most important figures in your Bible. One man is called Adam, the next one is called Christ. And actually Christ is called the second Adam. So both of them are Adams. The first Adam and the second Adam. Somebody say, the first Adam. So there is Adam. The pen, I wish I had a, a more bolder one, but it's okay, amen. Adam and Christ. And if you read your Bible, Adam disobeyed God and he committed sin. And sin introduced the curse. Somebody say the curse. And it brought about death. Because as part of the curse, death was introduced. Christ came to reverse everything that Adam got for us. Because all of us came out of Adam. All of us are descendants of Adam. You were born in sin. The Bible says, for all have sinned and came short of the glory of God. For all have sinned. Say with me, all have sinned. And have come short of the glory of God. All have sinned. Even your child that will be born next year. Even your child that will be born this year. That child will be born with a sinful nature. You don't have to teach your child to lie. Your child will lie to you without you having taught the child you don't have to teach your child to steal they are born with a stealing nature but you have to teach your child to be honest you have to teach your child to be faithful you have to teach your child to respect you have to teach your child to be a good person if you don't teach them they will be bad why because their nature is a bad nature everyone is born of adam in sin And they are under the curse and they will face death. But Jesus came to introduce that. The Bible says he obeyed. He walked in obedience. Obedience is the opposite of sin. And Jesus brought about the blessing. Somebody say the blessing. You see that in in Galatians chapter 3 verse 13. And he removed the curse of death. And he brought us what? Eternal life. Somebody say eternal life. So Jesus reversed Everything that Satan brought through Adam into the planet, how did you reverse that? Through the cross. Somebody say, through the cross. As you read Romans 5 verse 19, for by one man's disobedience, Many were made sinners. One man's disobedience. One man's sin. Because sin is a form of disobedience. By one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. So also, by one man's obedience, many are made what? Righteous. Somebody say righteous. Say, I've been made righteous. I am right with God. That's what salvation does to me and you salvation deletes the sinful nature within us and brings about the godly nature within us i like the next one it says for adam all die but even so in christ all shall be made alive for in adam in adam all died in adam all die in adam all die but in christ all of us are receiving eternal life somebody say i am been made alive in jesus so therefore, last week I took the whole service to demonstrate to you that the cross, if you study the cross carefully, you will pick up elements that are a reversal of everything that was introduced through Adam. It's a reversal. Somebody say it's a reversal. And I, I, I took it through seven, eight elements and I want to just quickly recap on them. Number one, I said the cross had to be a wooden cross. Say it with me, a wooden cross. So everything was, was accurate, everything was planned, and everything was exact. It had to be a wooden cross. Jesus would not have died on an aluminum cross or a stony cross or, or, or an iron cross or, or, or a plastic cross. He had to be crucified on a wooden cross because it had to be from a tree. If it's wooden, it was taken out of a... Come on, class. I'm in a class today. I've got a pen. If it's wooden, it was taken out of a tree. If it was wooden, it was taken out of a tree. So therefore, Jesus was not just hanging on a cross. He was hanging on a tree. I want you to catch that. Jesus was not hanging on a cross. He was actually hanging on a tree. So that it may be fulfilled. The scripture that says, Cursed is the man who hangs on a tree, not on a cross cursed is a man who hangs on a tree. He had to be hung on a tree. According to Galatians 3.13, the Bible says, for Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. Something I want you to pick up from that scripture. The Bible doesn't say Jesus took our curses. Read your Bible carefully. The Bible says Jesus became a curse. I want you to catch that. He did not carry my curses. He literally became the curses. His nature turned into curses. He became a curse. Say with me, he became a curse. For the Bible says, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. What? So that what? Number one, that the blessing. Somebody say, The blessing of Abraham may come upon us the Gentiles and number two so that the promise of the spirit may also come which we'll be teaching about in the next few weeks as we approach Pentecost week I want us to learn a lot about the spirit of God and understand who is the spirit of God but you see that the hanging of Jesus Christ brought about a blessing upon us he took upon himself all our curses I don't have to be cursed no more No, not when you are in Jesus. For if any man be in Christ Jesus, he is what? A new creature. And the old is gone and the new has come. Am I speaking to new creatures this morning? Turn the person next to you through Bluetooth and say, hey, I'm a new creature, brother i am a new creature the old is gone the old is gone and the new has come i have the nature of god i am a blessed person this morning i woke up to remind you you are blessed you are not trying to be blessed you are blessed you are a child of the blessing your things are blessed listen to me your things are blessed your children are blessed. Your family is blessed. Your house is blessed. Your food is blessed. Your car is blessed. Walk in the blessing. Speak like someone who is blessed. Walk like someone who is blessed. Some of us are still consulting about Sangoma. And you say it's being part of being African. Yeah, we are Africans, therefore we have to consult the Bible says if they are not born again, they are in hell. And when you are praying to them, and you are not really praying to them, you are praying to spirits. I wanted to know from today, let there be no preacher from Africa or or from anywhere in the world, That says your family is cursed, therefore you need to bring a sacrifice in order for you to reverse the curse. No ways. There is no sacrifice that can ever be brought that is bigger than the sacrifice of Christ Jesus on the cross. He is the ultimate sacrifice. No other sacrifice. Say with me. No other sacrifice. No other sacrifice. And I said to you, he had to be hung on a tree and on a lighter note, I showed you that from your Bible, disobedience came through trees. That's on a lighter note. That disobedience, the whole thing of disobedience in your Bible, in Genesis 3, had to do with trees. Had to do with trees. that Jesus had to hang on that same tree. And I don't want to get back to that because we have already spoken about. When you read First Peter two twenty four, who himself bore sins in his own body on a tree, that having died to sins might, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. I like first, I mean second Corinthians 5:21, second Corinthians 5:21, when he says, "For he made him who, Father God made him who, Jesus Christ the Son, who knew no sin to be sin for us." There's something about those two verses. Jesus on the cross became two things. On the cross, Jesus became two things. Number one, according to Galatians, he became a curse, and number two, according to this scripture, Second Corinthians chapter five twenty-one, he became sin. He did not carry your sin. He became sin. Read your Bible carefully. Jesus did not carry my sins and your sins. He became sin. He became sin. Somebody say he became sin. I wish I could interpret it. And uh, mango observe me, you are my dictionary. He became sin. Uh Ubile Anna C B. A fetuga si be. Manita Shishanga. Yes so Yeso anga rua langsi joho. Uhile ye na I wanted to get that. He did not carry your sins. He became sin. He did not carry your curses. He became a curse. That's why you have Eloi. Eloi. Lama sabachthan. My God. My God. Why have you forsaken me? At that point in time, Jesus realized that he's no longer the son. That's why he didn't say father. He says, my God. Because he had ceased to be a son. And God had ceased to be his father. And when God was looking upon Jesus, he saw my curses. He saw your curses. He saw your sins. He saw my sins. He saw the world's sins. Jesus became sin. He became a curse. God could not look upon him anymore. God could not stand the sight of Jesus. It was a horrible sight. Somebody said, My sin was upon him. And I said, Number two. It was a crown of thorns. It was not a mistake that they made a crown of thorns. They didn't know. They thought they were playing a game. They thought they are mocking the king of glory. But they didn't know that there's something about thorns that's in the book of Genesis that me and you had to carry all our lives. They didn't know that the curse included thorns. And as they were putting thorns upon his head, they were putting my curses upon his head. They were putting your curses upon his head. That's why today I don't have to walk in curses. I don't agree with the gospel that says I suffer. My things are not going well because I'm a Christian. I don't agree with that gospel. I want you to understand the default position of a Christian. The default position of a Christian is I'm blessed. My things go well. All things are going well in my life. Everything keeps going right in my life. You must speak like Toyota. Everything keeps going right. Amen. Amen. Speak like LG, life is good. Yeah. Don't you worry, everything is okay. You must never uh, take upon yourself the pain that was on Jesus. Yes, I understand that our lives have seasons. And, and don't get it twisted when I teach about this. A Christian life is like a life of a tree. We have seasons in our lives. And there are night seasons in our lives. But the default position, that's why the scripture says, weeping may endure. Only for a night. Because the night is a season. The night is not the default position of my life. I may be going through. That's why David says, yet though I walk through, I don't sit, I don't camp, I go Right now, you may not have lost the house, but that's a season. That's not your default position. Your default position is, even though they may press me down, I'm going to rise up again. Even though I may lose this and that, I'm going to gain it again. Your position is, everything keeps going right. Everything keeps going right. Tell your neighbor, everything keeps going right in my life. You must expect good things in your life. You mustn't be these Christians after a year and they've never had a single problem. There is nothing wrong. That's the life that you're called to live. A life of a victor. A life of a conqueror. You are more than a conqueror through Christ. Am I teaching the word this morning? Say with me, he took the pain upon his earth. He took my curses upon his head. I explained about Genesis 3 how thorns were to come up because of a curse and they were all put upon his head. And number three, the Bible says sweat was going to be the nature of our lives where God began to speak in Genesis 3 when he says "Cursed is the ground for your sake for in toil you shall eat all the days of your life and in sweat of your face you shall eat bread. That, that was a curse that you will eat bread through toiling toiling was a curse. It was not a blessing. And I I said to you, there is a difference between working and toiling. Working was introduced in Genesis chapter 2 verse 15 where the Bible says, and the man that God had made, he placed him in the garden to till the ground before the curse was introduced in Genesis 3. So working is part of our lives. A Christian must work, but a Christian must not toil. Oh, a Christian must work, but behind his work there is a blessing. That's why the Bible says in Deuteronomy, I will bless the works of your hands. As you are working, I'm blessing the works of your hand. He says, I will multiply your silver and your gold. This blessing shall come upon you and overtake you. I'm preaching to somebody this morning. Say with me, I have blessings overtaking me. When you are blessed, you will be head-hunted when you are blessed, you will be hunted. You will be like Joseph who is looked for even when you are in prison. They will come after you because they know when you are blessed, you will come even into Potiphar's house and as you are there, Potiphar will begin to see his things are growing left and right and he doesn't understand because Joseph has already moved in. And for the sake of Joseph, there are things will begin to grow. You have favor upon you. Listen to me, you have favor upon you. You are not supposed to toil, yet you're supposed to work. In other words, you don't have to sweat for everything. God propels you forward. God propels you forward. There is a wind that blows you forward. There's something about the tithe that I like. The Bible says, trust me and try me in this and see if I will not bless you with so much blessing that you won't have room enough to contain. He says, try me in tithing and see if I will not bless you with so much blessing to a point where you have no room enough to contain. And he says, I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. I will rebuke the devourer for sake. Listen to me. There are certain demons you cannot rebuke. They belong to God alone. Ah, when I want to say that again. There are certain demons in my life I cannot rebuke. Only my tithe will rebuke them. No amount of praying will rebuke those kind of demons. Because what the blessing has brought, only the blessing will retain and keep. What the anointing has brought, only the anointing can sustain. We can never sustain what the anointing has brought through our intellect. It doesn't matter how intellectual and intelligent we are. Once we move into the system of God, we are propelled by the blessing of God and therefore we must ensure that the resources are not far away from the source. In order for the resources to be sustained. Am I teaching too much English? Somebody say, you're teaching me, Pastor. Number four, they shared his clothes. Somebody say, they shared his clothes. Thank God they did this. They shared his clothes. They divided his garments amongst them. They stripped him naked. They left him for a naked man. Little did they know that as they're doing that, they're taking my poverty upon him. Because being stripped naked means you are poor. It means there's nothing you own in this world. And it was for my sake that Jesus became poor. And I said to you last week, don't be apologetic when God begins to bless you. Ugo with fully motor, we beg a pan. Ufulen a volum moment. Ushine pose. Yebo Utingam Bongo chase. Oh, and busis and I'm enjoying my life. Don't be apologetic. But in roko Rocco Lacos, a Sungalotai, Cosam Giltenger pep, as sang a smooth to Tenga listen to me there's something about being blessed there's something about being blessed a blessed person can wear a cheap thing and look very the bible speaks about your pockets will have holes when you're cursed you put money in your pockets but your pockets are never filling up but those who are blessed, God even makes the little in your pocket to reach even further. That's what the blessing does in our lives. Uto What is wrong? when the favor of the lord is upon you it doesn't matter where you woke up it follows you wherever you go grace goes with you wherever you go and it brings what i call satisfaction you eat and you are satisfied and there are those who eat expensive but they're never satisfied because they don't have the blessing of the Lord God's blessing will make us rich And he adds no sorrow with it I like 1 Corinthians 2 Corinthians 8 verse 9 When he says for you know the grace Of our Lord Jesus Christ That though he was rich Yet for your sake he became poor You do not glorify God By walking in poverty It's a harsh statement But I've got to prick you Until you believe this That my lack does not glorify God. Your father owns mountains. Your father owns the oceans. Your father owns the diamond mines of South Africa. Your father owns the gold mines of Johannesburg. Your father owns everything that the earth has. The oil mines of Dubai and the whole of UAE and the whole um, eastern, and eastern region. Everything that the earth contains, your father owns. The Bible says in Psalm 24, the earth is the Lord's and it's fullness." Your father owns these things. And he says, seek ye first my kingdom. And all these things that the Gentiles seek after shall be ordered unto you. You are called to a life of a blessing. You are called to a life of prosperity. I'm going to say this until you hear me. You are called to live a prosperous life. Even though you may be in a four room right now, listen to me, you have a mansion waiting for you even though you may be walking on foot right now listen to me there are cars waiting for you if you were to receive the blessing that the cross avails for you i'll preach it until you believe you are not a poor kid you may be black but you are not black you may be black but you are not black there is something about you that links you up with the kingdom of God that says, my father. There is something that the Bible says, the spirit of God agrees with our spirit and it causes us to cry out and say, Abba, Father. That's why when we pray, we say, our father who's in heaven. He's not just a father by name. He provides all our needs according to his riches in glory by Christ. You don't have to be literally an intellectual to have money. As a matter of fact, professors are never rich. No, show me one professor who has money. There's none. Most of the people who have found themselves and make money are not necessarily academic. But I'm preaching to the people of God that wealth belongs to you. Jesus became poor that you may be rich. Let us not get it twisted No, easily, Jesus became poor that through his poverty you may become rich. It's there in your word. Believe God for your wealth. Believe God for your breakthrough. Yes, right now things may not be going okay, but if you begin to align yourself with what the word of God says, it's a matter of time before God begins to propel you forward. Yeah. You may be walking on food right now, but I want you to believe that this is my portion. Yeah. I was never meant to struggle because I'm born again. Yeah. Is somebody with me this morning? Yeah. Number five, he was crucified. He was. Say with me, he was crucified. He was hung. The word crucified means he was hoisted. He was lifted up. It had to be a public spectacle. Everybody had to see it. It was a shame that they put on him. It was not a secret death that Jesus died. He died a public death. He had to be lifted up. He had to be hoisted. He had to be lifted. As according to John three fourteen, and as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so the Son of Man must be lifted up. It was not a mistake that they crucified him. And thank God that they pinned him. Somebody say with me. They pinned him. They nailed him. They hung him. For my sake. Look at Colossians 2 verse 14. Having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us, He has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. He nailed it to the cross. They thought they are nailing Jesus, but actually they were nailing my shame. They were nailing my pain. They were nailing my poverty. They were nailing my sickness. They were nailing anything that represented Adam and the curse and death. Jesus nailed it to the cross for me. Every time... The devil brings up the curse. Tell him I don't have to be cursed no more. Because Jesus was cursed for me. Jesus was cursed for me. He nailed it on the cross for me. Am I preaching to saints this morning? He was the lamb that we spoke about in Exodus chapter 12. But I also wanted you to know, every time you speak about Jesus on Passover, we always forget about Christmas. But I wanted you to know that Christmas and Passover, are actually one thing, There is a lot of the cross at Christmas. The cross does not just show up at Passover. Right on his birth, you see Jesus as a lamb and not as a human being. Jesus was born an abnormal birth. Unlike humans, he was born amongst animals. The Bible says he was born in a manger. A manger is a place where animals eat. It's not a place where humans sleep. He could not find a place amongst humans. He could not find a place in a hotel. They looked for a hotel room. They could not find a hotel room because an animal can never sleep amongst humans. Oh, you don't hear this. If I was to use that word just for now, if I was to use that word Lakulala for now, so that jesus can be born an animal he was born in a manger not in a hotel not in a hospital like most of us like all of us we were born in comfortable places not jesus say with me not jesus he was born an animal in a manger So the animal nature, the lamb nature of Jesus was there from his birth. And you see number six I said he died. He did not faint. He died. He did not faint. Jesus did not faint on the cross. It's not like a two minute thing like where he just slept and woke up. He really died. Say with me, he died. He says that in Revelation 1:18, I am he who lives and I was dead and behold, I am alive forevermore. And I have the keys of hell and the keys of death in my hands. If Jesus did not die, he would not have the keys of death in his hands. He had to die and go amongst the dead and take the keys of death from the hands of Satan and take the keys of hell from the hands of Satan. And he rose up and said, behold, I am alive. I was dead and now am alive. Why? So that me and you should never be afraid of death ever again. Say with me, I'm not afraid of death. Death is a transition to Christians. When a a non-born again person dies, when they die, it's a transition. We are going home Amen. where our father is. And we shall die no more. Amen. We shall be amongst the saints. We shall rejoice and enjoy the presence of the Lord forever. As a child of God, you must never be afraid of death. Say with me, I'm not afraid of death. Afraid of death. Say with confidence, I am, I am not afraid of death. Jesus conquered death for my sake. Jesus death for my sake. Are you with me, somebody? When he died, he literally took death and ripped it apart and tear it apart like a shredder. He shredded it and put it in a dustbin and said, you death shall conquer no more. Where is your sting? Oh, you grave, where is your victory? For those who are in Christ Jesus are no longer subject to death. They shall not die again, but they shall live forever. Walk in victory from today. You have power over the power of death. And you shall never be afraid of death. The biggest enemy to God is not the devil. But the biggest enemy to God was death. Satan is nothing. But death is the... Beings, separation from the soul, I mean from the body, the soul leaving the body is all about separation. Separation from your family, separation from your life, separation from, from people, even separation of people from God. That's why death has got categories. There's what they call eternal death where people will be separated from God forever. They will never ever see God again. Did you know that the unborn again people are enjoying life because still they can hear Lebus Scobella singing Lion of Judah? No, me you know, Oh, we If God was to switch off, the Bible says there's going to be a time when God shall be not be found anymore. There's going to be time when men and women shall be hungry for the word of God. And they will never hear it again. He says in Isaiah, seek me wise and may be found. For there cometh the time when God will never be found again. Life is nice. Hey, my, my Zulu. My Zulu. We live because God is around. Even when you are in your darkness, even their zone is But there cometh a time when the second death shall be introduced, when men can never longer call him. The pain of hell is not about being in fire. It's about being separated from God forever. Where you cry out and say, God and God can never hear you. Where you try to pray and nobody hears you. That is true separation. That's true death. Number seven, they pierced him. Somebody but it's okay. The other two criminals, as they were hanging with him, the Bible says, they could not die. I wanted to learn something about the death on the cross. That They don't touch any of your essentials. So your liver is not touched. Your heart is not touched. You're literally hung there. It's the most painful death a person can ever go through where you die a slow death. You don't just die easily. You don't die easily on a cross because nothing here is ever touched. It's only your hands and your legs. You're literally hanging in the sun in pain Bleeding from your legs and bleeding from your hands, and nothing's done to your heart. It's not like they pierce you to die. Now, watch this Jesus decided to die. The Bible says, when he said, It is finished. In other words, everything has now been settled. I can now yield my spirit. And the Bible says, He gave up His ghost and He died. And as He died, the Bible says, And the earth shook. And the sun refused to shine. There was darkness for three hours. And graves were split apart. Rocks were split apart. And graves opened up. And the dead that that were righteous, that were dead, the Bible says they rose after the resurrection of Jesus. Because there was so much power in Jesus Christ. When Jesus gave up his ghost, so much power left him. To a point where that earth was shaking. And he died he gave his soul. He gave up his spirit. He did not, Jesus was not killed. He gave his life. Jesus was not murdered. And the the Bible says, and the soldiers came to test, as they were coming to test and to see if he's dead indeed, and they found him dead. They found him dead. They did not kill him. They found him dead. He yielded his spirit. But the other two criminals, they had to kill them because they were still alive. They had to kill them, they had to break their bones to facilitate their death. Jesus died on his own accord. He says, I lay down my life after my own accord and I pick it up when I want to. No one can kill me. How do you kill God? How do you murder God? But this verse, I like it the most. I Gishon, no some of us pass away through coronavirus. This word still stands. There are certain things, I want to explain this, there are certain things I will never understand. There are certain things you will never understand why so-and-so passes away, why so-and-so was so sick and we prayed for him and they could never be healed. I don't understand also, but somebody say, but but the word of the Lord endureth forever. And God's word is true. When he says he was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. That's the word for you. Somebody say for me. By the stripes of Jesus. It's my portion. Divine health is my portion. I am healed in Jesus' name. I shall live and not die. Say with me. I will not go to the grave prematurely. Long life is my portion. Jesus died for my long life. Hallelujah. That's my portion. So it, it doesn't matter who passes away. It doesn't matter what happens amongst us. The word of God still is the word of God. And even as we go through coronavirus, I want us to stand on the word of God. Never doubt what God has promised in His word when He says, I am the Lord that healeth you. I take these sicknesses from amongst you. He is God who heals. Say with me, He is my healer. Jehovah Rapha. On the day when Jesus was crucified. There was supposed to be three men on the cross and not just three men, there were supposed to be three criminals on the cross. There were supposed to be Barabbas and two other criminals. All of them were criminals. Barabbas and two other guys, all of them were what? Criminals. Today's word was the substitute and not the example. The substitute and not the example. I repeat again, today's word was the substitute and not the example jesus was not an example he was the substitute and most of us we confuse what jesus went through for an example that he went through this therefore i will go through this jesus was a substitute and not an example he took my place so the story goes like this the bible says and the priest brought this man before the priest i mean the priest brought this man before pilate And Pilate, when he had called together the chief priests and the rulers and the people, said to them, You have brought this man to me, and as one who misleads the people... Okay? As one who misleads the people. Let me read from that screen. And indeed, having examined him in your presence... I have found no fault in this man concerning those things of which you accuse him. No, neither did Herod. For I send him back to to him and indeed nothing deserving of death has been done by him. Continue. Go to the next page. I will therefore chastise him and release him for it was necessary for him to be released so that, I mean, it was necessary for him to release one to them as it was the feast in brackets. And they all cried out at once and say, away with this man. Release Barabbas. Now watch this. Who was Barabbas? Barabbas was one who had been thrown into prison for number one, rebellion, and number two, murder. And they say what? Release the murderer. Crucify the one upon whom there is no fault. Release who? A murderer is a criminal. A murderer is someone who deserves to be hung on the cross and he has to pay for his sins. And they demanded that the murderer must be released so that the one who is not a criminal must be crucified. I like this, continue. And Pilate therefore watched, wishing to release Jesus. Again, he called out to them. So Pilate was really trying. And they shouted, saying, crucify him, crucify him. And then he said unto them the third time, he tried three times. Why? What evil has he done? I have found no reason for death in him. I will therefore chastise him and let him go. But they were insistent and they demanded with a loud voice that he must be crucified. And the voices of these men and their chief priests, they prevailed. And there Jesus was hung in the place of Barabbas. Jesus was a substitute and not an example. In Barabbas was me and you. We were the criminal, deserving of death, having to be crucified of shame, having to be crucified of poverty, having to be crucified of sickness, and everything that Jesus was carrying. We deserve to be crucified. But Jesus took my place so that I don't have to suffer no more. I keep on saying to you, you don't have to suffer. Jesus has suffered. You don't have to go through pain. Jesus has gone through pain. And somebody will say, but no, but Christians do go through. Yes, Christians do go through. I mean, they go through pain as part of seasons in their lives. But the default position is Jesus has carried our pain. Pain is not my portion. Live a life looking forward to goodness. Live a life saying jesus has been my substitute he has taken my place i don't have to go through it anymore am i preaching to someone this morning this is the good news somebody say this is the good news that's why we call it the gospel It's the good news why? It's the good news to the poor. You see that also in Luke chapter 4 verse 18. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. The poor don't have to be poor no more. That's why Jesus says, go ye through all the world and preach the gospel. What does the word gospel mean? Good news. Tell them, hey, you don't have to suffer no more. When you walk into your neighbor's home, say, hey, you don't have to be poor no more. You don't have to suffer sickness no more. You don't have to die no more. Jesus has done all of that for you. That's good news. Somebody say, I receive my good news. My good news is Jesus has taken all of it on the cross for me and I don't have to suffer no more. I may go through seasons, yes, but that's not my portion. My portion is a victorious life. My portion is a healing life. Stand up on your feet. My portion is a glorious life. My portion is a life of a blessing. That's my portion. As you walk home this morning, walk with that confidence and say, My portion is a victorious life. I'm a child of the living God. Blessings is my portion. Success is my portion. Hope is my portion. A healed life is my portion. Oh, that's a word. A healthy life is my portion. A successful life is my portion. I may go through seasons. But in the end I will prosper. In the end I will rise. In the name of Jesus. Give God some praise. Amen. Hallelujah. Ha Jesus. Oh, na po ha, ha, ki, lila, sha, lo, ham, haridlo, oo fo I'm very happy to so. Oh, Amém. me. Suit oh, beautiful songs. I have begun to enjoy myself in Jesus. Tell your neighbor Momorene, Momorene, I'm relaxed. I'm enjoying. I'm sitting like a king. I'm enjoying my life in Jesus in I'm